Hey guys, I hope everybody's doing well today. So just quick reminder, if you guys ever feel led to um, contribute to this podcast, uh, you can look in the podcast description and there's a link where you can donate or, or give if you would like to support this podcast. Also, if you listen, uh, go through Facebook to listen to it as well. In the Facebook description, there's multiple links uh, where you can do that if you feel led to do so. Now, moving on for today's message. This is a, a really cool message, and it's titled, Didn't I Say That Would Happen? And as I get into this message, I hope that, again, it will be a blessing to you, and I hope that you will really get something from it and that God will speak to you through it. So let's go ahead and get started with this message. So didn't I say that would happen? Now, if I had a dime for every time my parents said that to me growing up, I could probably retire today. My dad was the kind of person that, you know, he would warn you, but if you chose not to listen, well, he would let you just find out the hard way or find out for yourself. Then, you know, ultimately look at you like, didn't I say that would happen? Whether it was my mom or grandparents, I was always trying my luck and was a little slow to listen. Now, mom, I know you're listening, so you can stop laughing now. And anyone that else that grew up around me who is listening can also stop laughing, you know, because I already know you guys are probably saying a little, Jason, you're putting that mildly, but go ahead. So like I was saying, I was a little slow to listen. Okay, maybe a lot slow to listen. So I was notorious for for learning things the hard way, thus making me very accustomed to the phrase, didn't I tell you that would happen? But one day, tables were reversed. My granddad, which is on my mother's side, her dad, grabbed an extension ladder and propped it up against the second story loft in a house that my dad was building in Tennessee. He was going to climb up there, but I told him that that wasn't a good idea because the angle of the ladder had the bottom too far back and the ladder was going to slide out from under him and fall. But since I was only 12 years old, he figured he knew better. But the sound that ladder made when he and it hit the floor said otherwise. And the shock on his face was only matched by how intense my dad and his dad were laughing. I don't know if I've ever seen my dad laugh so hard. And of course, my mom and her mom uh, didn't hesitate to tell him, didn't he tell you that would happen? If you have kids or work with them, you already know. I have lost count how many times I have said that to my kids, especially the youngest one. Y'all, I love that kid. I Seriously, I love this kid more than life itself. But she makes me say that phrase nearly every day, and sometimes multiple times a day. Clearly, some of us are more hard-headed than others. And again, those of you that know me can stop laughing now. But seriously, though, when we look at it, why do we choose not to listen? Pride? I know better. I'll show them. What, whatever the reason you know that it is, it usually isn't good. Have you ever done the opposite of what you were told to do or knew you should do because you didn't want someone else to reap the benefits? Well, that is where we pick up with Jonah. Jonah went to Nineveh, 
like God told him. Nineveh was a large city with over 120,000 people. Nonetheless, Jonah went one day's journey into the city and began to give them the warning from God, saying, You have 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now look at their response to Jonah. Jonah 3.5 says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. These people were so eager to repent that they put sackcloths on their animals and even made the animals fast. Now that's intense. Now listen to what the king said. Jonah 3, 8-9, Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. So Jonah delivers the warning and the people believe it and immediately begin repenting and calling out to God in hopes that he will show them mercy. Like I say all the time, the Bible is all about God's mercy from cover to cover. And the book of Jonah is no different. It is literally all about God's mercy and grace. Listen to God's response to the people of Nineveh. Jonah 3.10 When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is consistent with what God said to his own people in Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Isn't that exactly what the people of Nineveh did? They humbled themselves putting on sackcloths. They sought God by crying out to him mightily and they turned from their evil ways. Seems like God laid out a simple three-step process that would invite God's mercy and grace instead of his wrath and punishment. I believe God would do the same for this country if the people would follow that simple process that God laid out in Second Chronicles. Unfortunately, I feel like we are more like Sodom sometimes than, than Nineveh. But despite that, I know I belong to him and I will not fear for he is God and we are his people. The storm may come, but I will not fear. Jesus is in my boat. If God can part the sea from Moses, he can make a way for his people today. Now, back to Jonah. Chapter 4, we really see the reason Jonah did not want to listen. The reason why he didn't want to listen to God. And like I said earlier, it comes out of our very sin nature. Listen to how Jonah responded to God showing mercy to the people of Nineveh. Jonah 4, 1 and 2 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. Essentially, Jonah tells God, Didn't I say that would happen? That's, that's why I ran from you and didn't listen. Jonah continues and says, For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. So let me get this straight. He ran from God because he knew God was merciful and full of love and grace and did not want his enemy to experience God's mercy. Wow. He really did not like the people of Nineveh, did he? He didn't have a problem with God showing him mercy, 
but he was willing to defy God in a vain attempt to prevent Nineveh from receiving God's mercy. And when God showed them mercy, it angered Jonah to the point where he wanted to die. Talk about a drama queen. I mean, at this point, Jonah is a bit extra, which is something I am familiar with in my house, to say the least. Uh, my little one, when she doesn't get what she wants, it's it's the worst day ever. And she won't hesitate to tell you, um, you know, or tell us, you know, her life is just over. Anyways... Jonah has some serious issues of the heart going on here, but I feel like if we look inside our hearts, we can probably relate. Is there or has there ever been someone you really didn't like and you wanted to see them suffer or have some kind of difficulty come their way, hoping they get what they deserve? Someone that if they appear to be blessed or successful, it really irritates you. It is like it's unlikely that you would pray for God to bless their life. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what Jonah is dealing with. He's just a bit of a drama queen with his reactions. Now, Jonah 4, 3-4 says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? In other words, God tells him, what right do you have to be angry? So Jonah goes out east of the city and, you know, probably to pout. And then it says to watch, the, he wants to watch and see what happens to the city. Now, God in his infinite mercy and compassion, because if it were me, I'd be, I'd be just about tired of Jonah's attitude at this point. But God... His mercy is so abundant and his compassion is so great for Jonah. He causes a plant to grow and provide him some shade and ease his discomfort. God is so patient with us because reading the story, I would want to tell Jonah, suck it up, buttercup. You don't run this show. But God is patient and in his mercy, he continues to teach Jonah to get him to see what is right. But as you will see, Jonah is a bit of a slow learner, or stubborn to say the least. Jonah was super happy about the fact that God provided a plant to give him shade. But after God you know, makes the plant grow and give him shade, he sends a worm to attack the plant and make it die. Now, part of me just wants to giggle a little bit at this point. Um, but nonetheless, then God made the sun beat down on Jonah's head to the point where he was about to faint and Jonah still doesn't get it. What does he do? He turns up the extra again. He tells God that he would rather be dead. He is upset that the plant died and now he doesn't have any shade, you know, just again with his pity party. So God tells him again, what right do you have to be mad about this plant? And Jonah responds in a way that makes you cringe just a little. Jonah 4.9 says, Jonah answered, I have every right to be angry. So angry that I want to die. When I read that, I think about my childhood, my childhood and how if I answered my parents like that, I would have regretted it for sure. But you see God's great mercy on display with Jonah. In chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, God makes his point uh, with Jonah. And it says, The Lord replied, This plant grew up overnight and died overnight. You didn't plant it or make it grow. 
yet you feel sorry for this plant. Shouldn't I feel sorry for the, for the people in the city, for this important city? God was letting Jonah know that the people of Nineveh belonged to him too. And in the same way he cared for Jonah and showed him mercy, why shouldn't he show the people of Nineveh the same mercy? They belong to him as well. I think there are times in our life when we can relate to Jonah and his attitude about things. But the biggest thing I want everyone to get from this story of Jonah is God's abundant mercy, patience, and steadfast love. When Jonah disobeyed, God didn't write him off. Instead, he showed him his mercy and steered Jonah back on track. When the people of Nineveh turned from their ways and cried out to God, he didn't hesitate to show them mercy. When Jonah threw his pity party and showed that he had a terrible attitude, God was patient with him, showing him mercy and love while helping him to see the bigger picture. How many times in our own life have we been have we rebelled or defied God? How many times have we been guilty of not listening to him? How many times have we been guilty of mistreating his people simply because we didn't like them? But in the end God showed us mercy, compassion, patience, grace, and a steadfast love while trying to teach us how to be better for his glory. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that we serve a God that even when he corrects us, he does it with mercy and love. God is good and there is none like him. We don't deserve his mercy and grace, but he gives it anyway. What have we done to deserve a love like this? The answer is nothing, but he gives it anyway. We don't deserve what God gave us on the cross, but Jesus gave it anyway. God, thank you for your unfailing love. Thank you for your amazing grace. We are not deserving of your mercy, Lord, but we are grateful that you give it anyway. Jesus, you paid a debt that we could not pay. You purchased our freedom with your blood. Help us to live for you today and every day, Lord, that we might bring glory and honor to your name. God, bring revival in the hearts of your people and fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak through us, God. Use us to point others to you, to the cross and what Jesus did that day. Let your people be set apart. Let us be that city on a hill. Raise your people up and bless them, Lord, like only you can. And we will give you the praise and the glory forever. Amen.